Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hey everybody, welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I got a great show for you. Going to give you my NFL picks for divisional weekend in the NFL playoffs. A massive game in the SEC down on the plains as Auburn taking on Kentucky. Wonder how much that ticket's going to go for on StubHub. So I've had a busy week. This is episode 297. I'm approaching my 300th episode next week. And I'm going to go Facebook Live for my 300th episode. I will simultaneously do my podcast and go Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. I don't have the guests lined up for next week. I know that Rob will probably be on the show. I said that Brad would be on the show as well. Uh, so the, my normal guest could possibly be on for next week, but you know, with our busy schedules, I'm unsure. And plus, I'm doing the other podcast, the Columbus Rapids Weekly with Matt Austin. Some people have said that, I, that I've been doing too much. Here's the thing about that. Opportunity. You've got to get it when it's given to you. When I first moved to Columbus in 2015, there was no opportunity. Even though I was working in Columbus, my job had me working crazy hours. I didn't even think there was an opportunity to get into sports broadcasting in Columbus. It wasn't until I had an audition at 95.7 in early 2020 where I had that fire and passion to get back into sports broadcasting. And sometimes you just got to be at the right place at the right time. And that's what happened. And I am now the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids National Indoor Soccer League in Columbus, Georgia, and the public address announcer for Russell County Basketball. And I'm approaching my 300th episode in my podcast. So I say it's been a pretty good ride so far. But doing too much? Uh, Never. I mean, family comes first. And I know that I'll never forget that. But anytime I can get an opportunity to interview somebody important, like last week, anytime I get an opportunity to interview somebody, I'm going to take advantage of it. So with that being said, let's get right into the show. We've got a busy NFL divisional playoff weekend. And with all the teams that are remaining, we got eight teams left in the NFL. Who's on upset alert? I could see the Bengals going into Tennessee and upsetting the Titans. I could see the 49ers upsetting the Packers at Lambeau. The Rams could beat the Buccaneers and the Bills could beat the Chiefs. So it's not a guaranteed It's not a foregone conclusion that all the home teams are going to win this weekend. But let me get right into the football picks. I'm going to lead the show with the football picks. So you got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans, and you got to factor in who can control the line of scrimmage. Cincinnati has had problems on their offensive line. Tennessee is well-rested, playing in Nashville. They got the bye. Derrick Henry's coming back. 
Trey Hendrickson is coming back for Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is just going to rely on Joe Burrow throwing it to Jamar Chase. If that is the only thing that Cincinnati does well, then Cincinnati's not going to win this game. They got to win this game by running the football with Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow's going to have to make plays with his legs because the Tennessee Titans' defensive line is their strength and the Bengals' offensive line is their weakness. But I think Tennessee will win this game because Derrick Henry is going to have fresh legs and they are going to run the football. Also, Ryan Tannehill has not thrown an interception in his last three games. You're going to get a healthy A.J. Brown. They are 11-2 when A.J. Brown is healthy. And you're going to get a healthy Julio Jones. The Tennessee Titans have all their players back at the right time. And I think they win and they will move on to the AFC Championship game. Now, moving on to the San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Take out the whole Aaron Rodgers' 0-3 versus San Francisco because this is his time. If he wants his legacy to be greater than what it is, because all the chips are in the table this year. The Packers are fully healthy. They should expect to get David Bakhtiari back. They should expect to get Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith. The 49ers are banged up. Jimmy Garoppolo has, has that soldier injury. He has that thumb injury. I'm a 49ers fan. The 49ers are playing with house money. I was happy they were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys last week. If they go into Green Bay and upset Green Bay, I'm calling it. They're going to the Super Bowl. This would be the biggest upset this weekend. Green Bay, if they're going to win this game, they don't beat themselves. Green Bay is going to have to run the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Rodgers can make plays. And one of the weaknesses for the 49ers is their secondary. I could see Devontae Adams having a monster game with over 200 yards receiving. I don't see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo can outduel Aaron Rodgers. If the 49ers get the ball first, they need to march down and run the football and take the early 7-0 lead. Challenge Aaron Rodgers to make plays. Can the defensive line that's had three sacks in their last seven games, that is unheard of, can their defensive line make Aaron Rodgers just a little uncomfortable? Aaron Rodgers is going to get his yards. He's going to move the ball down the field. Can the 49ers defense hold Aaron Rodgers to field goals? That's the difference in this game. Can the 49ers run the football on Green Bay's defensive line that's not very good against the run? And can the 49ers hold Aaron Rodgers to field goals? That is the only way the 49ers can upset the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be around zero degrees. There might be snow. I mean, this is the perfect elements to play physical football. And that is what the 49ers do. The experts said this is the one the experts said this is the one team that the Green Bay Packers do not want to face. And I'm not calling the upset, but I think it's going to be a very close game. I think the 49ers are going to give everything they can to the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers plays out of his mind. I think Jimmy Garoppolo makes an interception. This will be Jimmy Garoppolo's final game as a San Francisco 49er. I believe he will make an interception. He is undefeated when he does not throw a pick, when he does not have a turnover. But it's too much to ask for Jimmy Garoppolo to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. This is the ninth time that the 49ers have played the Green Bay Packers in the postseason. I remember all of them. Let's go all the way back to 1995, shall we? 
The 49ers were the two seed. They were the defending Super Bowl champs. Ricky Waters got traded to the Eagles. They didn't really have much of a run game. Adam Walker had a broken hand. He fumbles it. Craig Newsom returns it all the way back for a touchdown. And Brett Favre defeats the San Francisco 49ers at Candlestick 27-17. And they would eventually go on to lose to the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship, where the Cowboys won a Super Bowl, which I felt they had no business winning if it wasn't for Neil O'Donnell's two interceptions to Larry Brown. That's the only reason why the Cowboys won a Super Bowl with Barry Switzer. I mean, come on. So they lost in the divisional round to the Green Bay Packers in 1996, 35-14. The 1997 season, Steve Mariucci takes over as the head coach. The first game of the season, they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jerry Rice goes down with an injury, and Steve Young leaves the game with a concussion. You thought that it was going to be a disaster for the 49ers, but they finished 13-3, and they had home field advantage. Now, the speculation around the NFL was that the 49ers didn't play anybody. But I remember they played the Denver Broncos on Monday night and they beat them. The eventual Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos. But they lose to the Green Bay Packers once again in the NFC Championship 23-10. And if it wasn't for a Chuck Levy kick return, that score would have been even worse. Now moving on to the 1998 season where finally the 49ers get over the hump and they defeat the Green Bay Packers. 30-27 30-27 to 27 at Candlestick. It was in the wild card game. As that year, the Vikings were better than the Packers, so they won the division. The 49ers were not as good as the Falcons. The Falcons were 14-2 that year. The 49ers finished 12-4. and And I admit that Jerry Rice fumbled on that last drive. But the catch to Steve Young and Terrell Owens, and the 49ers finally beat the Packers 30-27 to to move on to the divisional round against the Atlanta Falcons where they lose 20-18 and Garrison Hurst gets injured and then the 49ers disarray starts with a 4-12 season in 1999, a 6-10 season in 2000. 2001, the 49ers came out of nowhere with Jeff Garcia and Terrell Owens and they had Pro Bowl players like Julian Peterson and Ahmed Plummer. I could not believe that this team went 12-4. and The 2001 49ers shocked me. They beat the Indianapolis Colts that year. That was when Jim Moore had the famous rant, playoffs, playoffs. Of course, they lost to the St. Louis Rams twice, the eventual Super Bowl, the eventual team that would represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They had a very good season. They stopped Philadelphia and Donovan McNabb. They stopped Donovan McNabb on a goal line, on a first and goal. They stopped him. They they had some wonderful games. I remember that was a Saturday night game. But they would lose to the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round, 25-15. That was the last loss in the postseason for the 49ers against the Green Bay Packers. But that's not saying much because they missed the postseason from 2003 to 2010. What a just a depressing seven years of watching 49er football. So we fast forward to 2012. Colin Kaepernick is now the quarterback for the 49ers. Green Bay has already established their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, 
who after winning the Super Bowl in 2010, they finished 15-1, and and they were upset by the New York Giants. The 2012 season was going to be a little bit different. Green Bay was back at it, taking on the 49ers in the divisional round, but it was too much Colin Kaepernick. The 49ers won the game 45-31 as Colin Kaepernick set an NFL rushing record for a quarterback by rushing for 181 yards and two touchdowns. And the 49ers beat the Packers in 2013, 23-20 in Lambeau. And then they met the Packers in the 2019 NFC Championship. The 49ers were the number one seed. In comes Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo healthy for a full season. And the 49ers, like they did in the regular season against Green Bay, beating them on a Sunday night game, 37-8, dominated Aaron Rodgers and the Packers by running the football down their throats. I don't expect that outcome. I actually expect a much closer game like the 30-28 victory from the Green Bay Packers earlier this season. I think Green Bay is going to struggle, especially with the tight ends. Robert Tunyon is out for the season. They're going to be heavily reliant on Devontae Adams. And that could be problematic because Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have to play a perfect game. But if the 49ers put all their focus on Devontae Adams, that's what I would do. I would put a safety over the top, make the Green Bay Packers run the football. The 49ers can bring pressure with four The 49ers can bring pressure with four. The question is, can Nick Bosa, and and just breaking news while I was doing this podcast, Nick Bosa has cleared concussion protocol and he will play against Green Bay. That just came across the headline news as I've got SportsCenter in the background with the sound off. This game is just as important to me as a 49ers fan. If you were to ask me who is the biggest rival right now that the 49ers have, I would say there's four teams. Green Bay, Dallas, Seattle, and the Rams. The 49ers can easily lose this game. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the 49ers keep it close. Because as good as Aaron Rodgers has been, look at all the close games that the Packers had this year. And the Packers have caught a lot of breaks. And they're in a very weak division. Moving on to the Sunday games, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Buccaneers lost to the Rams earlier in the regular season, but that was at SoFi Stadium. Tom Brady is undefeated at home. That offensive line is banged up. Tristan Wurst might not even play. Ryan Jensen might not even play. How is Tom Brady going to fare with his offensive line beat up and that ferocious pass rush with Aaron Donald Although I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win, this is a win-now mode game. This is a win-now for the Los Angeles Rams, who are also banged up on the offensive line. Andrew Whitworth is not going to play. But can Aaron Donald and Von Miller get to Tom Brady, who's down a couple of targets? The status of Chris Godwin is still up in the air. But it's Tom Brady, and he's usually unbeatable in these divisional games. Okay, so the final game that I'm really looking forward to seeing is the rematch of the AFC Championship game between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Which Buffalo Bills team are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that went down the field and scored seven touchdowns on seven possessions and did not turn the ball over and did not punt against Bill Belichick's defense against the New England Patriots? Or are we going to get the Josh Allen that makes mistakes? The Josh Allen that throws the ball 45 times because they can't run the football. If the Chiefs defense stops the run and you force Josh Allen to make mistakes, I think the Chiefs win this game. I know the Buffalo Bills beat the Chiefs 38-20 to in the regular season, but this is the playoffs. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is what he lives for. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs win this game. Although I wouldn't be too surprised if Buffalo pulls it out. The Chiefs are only a one-and-a-half point favorite. All these games look exciting. I cannot wait. But then I cannot wait to preview the games next week as well. College basketball. Oh, it's so exciting. Top 25 games. Got a big one tonight. Michigan State and Wisconsin. Michigan State ranked 14th. Wisconsin ranked 8th. But let's start with some of the top 25 games. Duke taking on Syracuse. Duke should fall in the rankings after losing to Florida State. You got Villanova taking on Georgetown. Villanova's ranked 11th. West Virginia and Texas Tech. Ooh, West Virginia is 13 and 4. May have to get on the podcast on Monday and talk some West Virginia basketball with Rob Frazier. You got Baylor and Oklahoma. Baylor is ranked 5th after losing two games. That's in Norman. Baylor is on upset alert. You got LSU taking on Tennessee. UCLA taking on Colorado. Kansas taking on Kansas State. And the big game that everybody's been anticipating. The Auburn fans have been camping out, waiting for tickets. Auburn, ranked second in the country, taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. In Auburn, at Bernard Eves Gymnasium, Kentucky is ranked 12th at 15-3. Auburn, ranked second at 17-1. Auburn and Kentucky games have always been big, but this is going to be huge. 1 o'clock on CBS. This is the hottest ticket in, in the Chattahoochee Valley. Right now, this ticket right here. Kentucky taking on Auburn. This ticket is being priced at $294 on StubHub. This is one of the hottest tickets in all of college basketball. Looking at the local teams here in Georgia. Kennesaw State taking on Lipscomb. Georgia Tech's not even playing. You got Florida State taking on Miami. You got Pittsburgh and Clemson. You got North Carolina taking on Wake Forest. Now moving on to the SEC matchups. Georgia, 5-13. I've got on this podcast, and I went on a rant about how they should let Tom Crean go. After getting embarrassed by Auburn on Wednesday night, Georgia is 5-13 and 0-5 in the SEC And they're taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. You got Missouri taking on Alabama. Texas A&M taking on Arkansas. Vanderbilt taking on Florida, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. And, of course, LSU and Tennessee. Some good matchups in the SEC. Now moving on to the Sun Belt, where Coastal Carolina taking on Georgia State. And then Appalachian State taking on Georgia Southern. And, of course, Columbus State here locally in the Fountain City, they are going to travel up to Dahlonega to take on North Georgia after getting a big win over Lander on Wednesday. 
The Columbus State Cougars are currently 12 and 4 on the season and 4 and 3 in conference play. Their next home game will be this Wednesday at the Lumpkin Center against Georgia Southwestern State University. Come on out to the Lumpkin Center and support your Columbus State Cougars. And as always, the games will be broadcasted on 88.5 WCUZ as Scott Miller will be providing the play-by-play. Well, we got a big game tonight in the Civic Center between the Columbus River Dragons and the Carolina Thunderbirds, a three-game series at the Civic Center for your Columbus River Dragons, who look very impressive so far on the season. They sit in third place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League with a 14-7-3 record. Here are your current leaders for the Columbus River Dragons. Here are your current leaders for your Columbus River Dragons. Josh Pietrantonio has 21 goals on the season. He's leading the entire team with 41 points. Austin Day has 19 goals and he has 21 assists. He's got 40 points. Your third leading goal scorer is Jay Krupp, who has 12 points, who has 12 goals and has 20 points on the season. Ian White, the NHL player, he has three assists on the season, but he just got signed to the team. He's only played eight games. The River Dragons look great. I saw them on TV, on YouTube. They only won one of the contests against Port Huron, but they are facing, they are they are going to be facing some tough opponents, including the Port Huron Prowlers and the Watertown Wolves and the Danbury Hattricks. They are trying to repeat as champions. Now, it was called the Ignite Cup. There's only four teams last year because of the pandemic. All right, the Columbus Rapids men and women's teams are traveling up to the Landers Center as they will take on the Memphis Americans Saturday afternoon. And you can watch those games on YouTube as Jeff Brightwell and Tim Van Horn do the play-by-play and color. And don't forget that the next home game is not going to be until February the 10th at the Columbus Civic Center between the Columbus Rapids and the Fayetteville Fury. I am so excited about Columbus Rapids soccer. It's not just because I'm the play-by-play announcer. It's because it is something fun and exciting at the Civic Center And we now have four professional sports teams in Columbus. It's such a great time to be a sports fan in the city of Columbus. Before I close this show, I do want to remind you that the Atlanta Hawks do take on the Miami Heat tonight at State Farm Arena. The Hawks are 19-25 and on the season. They've won two straight after beating the Timberwolves on Wednesday night. Onyeka Kongru had five blocks. As the Hawks beat the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday night, 131-122. to Trey Young led the way with 37 points. He's number two in the All-Star voting. Right now, DeMar DeRozan is leading all the guards in the Eastern Conference in the All-Star voting. And why not? He's having an MVP season for the Chicago Bulls. But the team that has struggled out the gate with Klay Thompson is the Golden State Warriors as the Golden State Warriors could not get the job done last night against the Indiana Pacers at home. The Pacers beat the Warriors 121-117. to And the Golden State Warriors 
are three and four since Clay Thompson returned to the lineup. That's not the story. It's Draymond Green. Draymond Green is your enforcer. He's your defender. And the Warriors have lost a couple of games. They've lost ground in the Western Conference. They're three and a half back from the Phoenix Suns. They currently stand at 32 and 13. I still think the Warriors are a good team, but look out for the Memphis Grizzlies. John Moran is starting to look like an MVP candidate. Memphis, although they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday night, they look great. And I think that I think they could give the Warriors a game. If they get the three seed and they have to play the Lakers in that first round, if the Lakers are at full strength, even with Russell Westbrook, I still think the Lakers can take the Memphis Grizzlies to seven games. But if they have a good matchup where they take on a, a Utah or a Denver, I think they could win that first round game and give the Warriors trouble in the second round. I think the path to the Western Conference Final is there for the Grizzlies. They're not quite a championship team yet, but they are on their way. And what better than to build your team around John Morant, who is an incredible talent. Well, this show's really been flying by. I love doing these Friday shows. No guests on today, but that is okay. I Hopefully, I'll have some guests on next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I am out of here. Have a great weekend, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.